Hi folks and happy new year to you all out there listening. This is the part you don't like but I have to ask you, please join us. January 2023, make a new year's resolution, try it for a month. It's 5.50, you get access to all of our podcasts at one place as quickly as I can turn them around. A consolidated feed, there's over a thousand there at the moment and you don't have to listen to me beg, it's plea free. There's tons of additional content and the podcasts as they're done, including today's we did with DJ Walsh, the cancer pharmacist in University Hospital Waterford. It's out right now on the Patreon feed. There's a lot more content coming. We hope to keep going into 2023, but it doesn't work without your support. We are ad-free, sponsor-free. We don't want to have to pull punches to think of corporate sponsors or or, or grapple with what's uh, acceptable to a certain audience. That's not what the Tortoise Shack is about. It's about trying to give you that unfiltered opinion and facts and expert opinion and, you know, inputs that maybe, maybe other places, and I'm not having a go at anyone in particular, um, self-censor. There's a lot of self-censorship goes on, and I'm not a fan of it, and I don't want to become that beast. And I don't think you want to hear that either. I think you listen to us because you know that if, if nothing else, we're trying to give it unvarnished and in a way that makes sense to you. If you're one of the thousands of listeners we have and you have a couple of quid, throw it in. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise The link is in the podcast you're about to listen to now. Every cent matters. It helps us keep the show on the road. And as I said, try it for a month. That's all we're asking. It's no contract. You can rip it up at the end of the month and say, you know what, that's a load of weight. That's a waste of time. But I don't think it is. I think it's really great value for money and you help keep it free for everyone else as well. That's the, that's the big thing. And I think that actually matters as well. Thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and liking and all of those things. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is James Leonard. This is Kimmy Long. And we are the Two Narries Podcast. And this is a short Christmas message for the Tortoise Shack and everybody connected. Happy Christmas to everybody and keep rocking it and keep doing your thing because you're absolutely amazing. Yeah, and thank you for your support for us since we started up. And I know we lost Vicky Conway in 2022, but she'd be really proud of what's going, of what's happening in the podcasting world between yourselves. So um, well done, everybody, and thank you, and hopefully we'll touch base soon. A happy Christmas. God, God bless. Another year has come and nearly gone, uh, but it's important to, this time to reflect and to, to thank those who have been making us think and act um, in ways uh, to better ourselves and better those around us. And uh, Tony and Martin, you do an, an outstanding job um, in making us think through your podcasts in, in, in many, many different ways. Uh, just a, a, a huge thank you for, for doing that. And um, my New Year's wish for 2023 is that everybody uh, donates a, a shirt for, for Tony so that, you know, we, we make sure that he is uh, well and, and truly um, covered up, um, but not gagged. Anyway, that now sounds rather odd. Um, Happy New Year. Have a great Christmas if you're celebrating it. There's many other uh, religious, traditional uh, festivals happening in December. Go out and uh, learn more and love more. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi. Just want to wish everybody on Tortai Shack, producers, podcasters, subscribers and audiences, the very best for 2023. Here's hoping that those good horizons of possibility become horizons of probability. It's been such an honour and privilege to work with Nave and all our wonderful guests on Mooskild 
and we're already looking forward to series two. We've also learned so much from Tony, including how to use mics, why earphones matter, and crucially, how to end a conversation in a cool and sophisticated way without dragging the farewells on forever. So everybody, bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye. Thanks a million, Tony. Bye, bye. Thanks, 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 thanks. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye, 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 bye. Hey, it's Harry. Um, wishing all the best this season to everyone at the shack and all the listeners. Um, I know the world seems dark sometimes, uh, but this is for us to, you know, be good to ourselves and those around us in this season and moving forward into the new year. So, uh, or whatever you're celebrating or not celebrating yourself and best wishes in the new year uh, for everyone in all of their endeavors to try and make this uh, country and this world uh, better tomorrow than it is today. Just sending us a festive message of goodwill to everybody at the Tortoise Shack. I'm talking about Tony and Martin. Best of luck with the podcast, guys, from your good friend, Blind Boy Boat Club from Limerick. From underneath the shadow of our humane reporters, the Rocky Mountains native Christmas tree, Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year to you, all of my friends. May 2023 be a kinder, brighter, warmer and happier year for you and all your followers and listeners. And as a special shout out to my favorite presenter, may the new year bring health and strength to you, Martin. I'm looking forward to our usual banter on and off the air, Tony and Martin. All the best. Hi, folks, and welcome back to our review of 2022 and our looking forward to 2023. Uh, you have just heard from James and Timmy, the two Norries. Thanks so much, lads. Rosie Mead from our brilliant new podcast, Musclet. If you haven't listened to it yet, please check it out. Our good friend, Harry McEvan, Sonia, who is on this podcast indeed. Uh, I think that was Leo Varadkar or Neil Richmond doing a blind boy impression. I am not sure. And a lovely little message from our friend Konstantin Gordiev in Colorado at the end. Anyway, I won't delay you any further. There's lots more coming now. And we are going to kick things off with looking forward to 2023. Martin, if we come to you first, what do you think? Like, Bear in mind, there's 11, over 11,000 people homeless currently. The rents Probably. are at all-time high. Property prices are at all-time high. All of uh, the waiting lists for hospitals are at all-time high. What, what would you like to see looking forward into 2023? I, I would actually like to see the health service survive until February. I think that's a realistic goal. I think that's something we should be very focused on. I think that although housing is extremely important, it's not extremely important to enough people. Whereas I think the health service, once the health service goes tits up, that's everybody affected. Everybody, whether you're in private, whether you're in public, that's it, gone, forget it. It's everybody. So I would I would really like to see the health service five February, and I really have doubts that it will, really solid doubts that it will. We have never been more overcrowded. We have never been more under pressure. I think it's just all going to melt down. And from talking to people within the health service, they feel the same too. You know, Tony, I've been through the ringer this year. And I've stood in front of, of, of top people in the health service and said, it's screwed. And they've gone, yeah, it is really screwed. <laughs> you know, they've just gone, yeah, it is. It's screwed. So I, my realistic goal would be to look forward to would be see the health 
Tharavas survive the worst of this winter. That would be my realistic goal. That's uh, that's really, really uh, the, the sum of your ambitions show us where, where you believe we actually are. Which oh, is it is where I believe we are. It um, is. No, it's no better this side of the border. Really, I know. No. I was reading and, that. And, 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 and the NHS's worst uh, outcomes are in in the north, Sam. And yeah. like, that's and that's that's a that's a matter of fact. Um, if I could just counter what Martin has said, though, if that's okay, I'd, I'd also you know there is uh, a, a you know there. There are people now pushing, finally starting to push on 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 progress for Slauncha Care, progress for it, as opposed to just being a plan that sits on a on a on a shelf so often. Um, but but I suppose, um, Harry, would you mind if I come to you and say, because uh, I know you've talked about the hope that's in grassroots activism, but is there something in twenty twenty three, whether it's political change or demographic change or whatever it is, where do you think you where do you feel? That you could say, well, actually, you know what, I, I, I'd like to see that happen, or that's something that I think could happen. I, I don't know. What demographic change is going to happen over here. No, I, what I mean in, in terms of demographic, I mean a shift of a shift of kind of. I, I, I think I, um, I my word, I choose my words wrong. I meant a value change in the demographic is what I'm I mean. Because I'm only taking the piss. I don't yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, like I think you know, I think it, it speaks to to what you said, and maybe this is slightly nebulous and ambitious, but I think it's. You know, the way I think the majority of people see things in, in this country is very isolated. There are issues surrounding policies, the way we talk about it. I think, you know, what 2023, what I hope, and this is, you know, as somebody who's involved in political activism and, you know, from other activists as well, is being able to have more people see that there are systematic problems, that ultimately this isn't a series of isolated things that can be fixed, that we have an overarching way that the state and society operates at the moment that is never going to produce optimal outcomes. That while you have uh, this sort of, you know, I don't want to just be like, oh, boo, capitalism, but also boo, capitalism. Like while you have those incentives, while you have, even on the level of state services, where you have profit motive, where you have these things that don't produce, that inherently work against producing best outcomes. And that's going to be something as simple as as Martin says, the health service, transport, housing, what is the connecting thread that ties all of these things together? And, you know, when I look at how, you know, political change, it's not like say, oh, I want Party X to succeed or the organization I'm involved in to suddenly become, you know, extremely popular and effective or whatever. It's a case of I want people to be able to realize and see those things because we're not going to get meaningful change. We're not going to get those systemic issues addressed until the majority of people are in the grassroots spreads and people are able to see things those way and able to see those connecting threads and Get, get people in positions, be it through politics, be it through grassroots activism, be it through protest, be it through whatever of the various suite of options that we have to make those changes, to put those systemic things in place that address those underlying concerns, that address those connecting threads, that make everything worse rather than trying to deal with it piecemeal. And I think as a political activist, from putting that hat on, which I don't put on very often on this podcast, I will admit, that's what needs to happen. That kind of consciousness and that's what I want to see. I want to see that spread. And I want to see people being able to take action, take control of their lives, take control of how things are going to create those better outcomes for themselves and address those systems that keep Ireland institutionalized, that keep Ireland oppressed and that keep extracting things uh, from us under this, yeah, essentially under the, the uh, various extractive model of capitalism we have in this country. So anti-capitalist, really, Harry, will sum it up there. Yeah, but you know, I want to keep it a bit more than being like, oh, we're just going to get rid of capitalism. Like it, again, it's about that concept about understanding. Yes, you can't dismantle the system overnight. It's well, not well, the no, question but, but, is, but, but, what does capitalism exist 
for? What's the purpose of capitalism other than to be capitalism? You know, what is but, the purpose? The, 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 I saw today um, the €1,880 a month to stay in a glorified hotel room in Dunleary in, in niche living uh, with access to the to the pool table and 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 ping pong table or whatever the hell that they're calling it, and no pets and no couples. The atomization of of life is See, is, this, is, is no that couples that's things it. we've seen that before but, too. But, but, but Martin, this is my, my point is though it's it's to go to that. That's what capitalism demands of of, of uh, neoliberal capitalism demands of of people as a system and where, where the values are again i'm gonna, gonna plug the music that's um uh, podcast recently about the neoliberal self and how some people who were talked to as students at age 24 were saying they already feel like f- failures because they they haven't got a, a tech startup or they haven't been entrepreneurial mm-hmm. enough and this is what the pressure that that's put on them so so to harry's point yeah it's very hard to it's, but you it's very hard to dismantle something like that when what's the old expression here? And you'd notice as someone who's really climate focused, it's easier to it's easier to imagine the end of the world well, than the end of capitalism. capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's 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 a difficult one. It's a difficult square to circle. Emma, uh, we're going to come to you next. So. Well, 2023, let me see. Um, trains for Fermana would be my ultimate. I know uh, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna happen, but I'm gonna keep going. Uh, I, I, I would, I'll give you a train to Fermanagh if we can stop them running to Cork. That's the deal. <laughs> um, but no, no. More seriously, I suppose. Um, but let's face it, I'm probably about five years off having my dream come true. As I've said before, um, you know, United Ireland will bring some trains back to Fermanagh. So. Uh, uh, it's positive. probably it's probably true that it will. So is that that's really what you'd hope for? But, is so, so a train for Manat for Manat with all, all the trimmings? That's right, trains for everybody. Okay, but uh, no, seriously. Um, next year is going to be all about the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, it's going to be about the peace process. And um, what I'm hoping for is that we can try to recapture some of the spirit from 1998 because I think we're really missing it. Um, and I think there also needs to be a space for a critical analysis of the political failures over the last 25 years, because often when we get to these anniversaries, it's all celebratory and let's all pat each other on the back. Look at all the great work that people did in 1998. Aren't they great lads? And totally forgetting the lack of implementation and where we are now in terms of the peace process, how we take it forward. I mean, just take, for example, legacy. I filed a piece today looking at how Colombia has approached Truth and Reconciliation through the Colombian Truth Commission, having interviewed the president in Strasbourg last week. And what they achieved in three years compared to what we've achieved in 25 years when it comes to addressing legacy. Like, it is shocking. It is. It is is a great failure. Probably one of the greatest failures of the peace process has been the inability to address the legacy of the past. And we need to point out that in that commission in Colombia started under what I would have would have called a uh, pretty fair right uh, right wing government that you know it wasn't in their interest necessarily to uh, to look into some of the things that happened in the past so you know these things are possible and can and can actually happen even in jurisdictions now again obviously we actually I should have put the throne that in I know I've said it 10 times but what a highlight of the year was was Pedro getting in in, in Colombia and uh, and, yeah. and 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 coming to power and you know Shem- the- Shemim, come on, I come to you 
on this. And I, I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think it was significant before we get to the moment of the year? Do you think it was significant that we had the capacity to take in so many refugees when pushed to it? Just going to interrupt for a moment. We are going to hear a few more messages now. Uh, thank you so much. We're going to hear from Shauna Grant, Mick O'Toole, Tom Clonan, Neve McRae, Joe Haslam, and um, a few more. So, look, listen, we'll play out that, and then we will come back to that important question that Martin just asked in a moment. Hi, Tony, Martin, and all the Tortoiseshack family. Wishing you all a very Merry Christmas, and thank you for 2022, part of some great conversations with yourselves and some really interesting guests. Um, great podcasts throughout the year. I've listened to quite a number of, not just the Tortoise Shack, but the, <coughs> the offshoots, the baby Tortoise Shack projects. They're all fantastic, exciting, and look forward to many more in 2023. Um, and hope to be chatting to you then too as well. Um, so hi from up north, from your resident mouthy, sometimes angry, generally pleasant, Nordy contingent. Merry Christmas. Lots of love. Hi, Tony. Mick the Hack here. I'm not going to make any jokes because I'm a crime reporter and I don't do happy. But I do want to say that I value your pod. I think it's very, very important. I enjoy appearing on it and I enjoy paying for it because I think diversity in the media is something that we should all support. So best of luck to you uh, for the year ahead. Hi there, guys. Uh, my fellow Finglasians and proud men from Ballymun and north of the Tolka, not just north of the Liffey, but north of the Tolka. Um, sincere best wishes to the Tortoise Shack for continued success in 2023 and I appreciate your friendship and your support to me over the years and uh, you have been great mentors, great colleagues and we've had some great conversations which I hope will continue into the future. And to all the listeners and to all the alternative voices that um, we get to hear on Tortoise Shack, I wish you all a very happy Christmas and very, very best wishes for 2023. I have two wishes for 2023. Uh, one is uh, peace and hopefully an end to the awful war in Ukraine. Um, I'm also hoping that we fully ratify the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. And then my last thought, it's not a wish, it's a demand. We have to solve our homeless and housing problem in this country. It is the greatest and cruelest obstacle to our progress as a republic. So best wishes, guys. Um, Keep up the great work. Thank you. Hi, Tony and everybody in the Tortoise Shack family, presenters and guests and uh, listeners. This is Neve here from the Moose Gold podcast, um, which I present with my dear friend Rosie Mead. Um, we are the recent, most recent maybe recruits to the Tortoise Shack. And we just I just want to say what an absolute pleasure it has been. And we're so happy to be part of it. Um, we've learned a lot. Um, but it's also been great crack. And um, uh, yeah, so have a really lovely um, Christmas, everybody, and hope to see some really great episodes in the new year. All the best. Tony, Martin, this is Johasm from Madrid. Over here, we continue to show that it's possible to do the things in the areas of health, housing and the environment that those in Ireland say can't be done. 
2023 will be a year of elections in Spain and Owen Gilmartin and I are ready to keep the listeners to the shock informed on whether the European social model can resist the march of neoliberalism. I'm not going to sing it, so let me just simply say Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año y Felicidad. Do you think it was significant that we had the capacity to take in so many refugees when pushed to it? It is significant and just, I suppose, it shows that when there is a political will to do something and when there is, um, I suppose, global pressure, it's all about politics to me. When um, I think immigration beat is very political anyway. Um, so, so there was a political uh, cost, I guess, for not taking in many Ukrainians. So they, they took the many Ukrainians. But at the end of the day, we saw that it was the number of asylum seekers that was constantly scrutinized by the government and measures brought in to curb that. Um, and they never said that we're putting a cap. They shouldn't put a cap on the number of Ukrainians, but like it was never even discussed. You know, they, they were always, it was always constantly the asylum seekers, I think. And it built a very, a very, Negative. I guess a har- yeah. yeah, like a harmful stereotype, I suppose, yeah. of all asylum seekers as chancers and people who come here to, to to get um free everything, I suppose, um, in their minds. But like um, and this is very concerning. And I think from my my hope is that like the media would pay more attention to their language of reporting these issues and kind of going beyond a little bit of the press releases that they stop, get. From, stop reading straight from the Department of uh, uh, from the Guardi or from the Department of Justice or Department of Immigration. Like, like We saw, we had um, Wendy Lyon on to talk about it, how Danny McConnell had, had published an entire piece that was factually incorrect. Should, and that's in a national newspaper. Yeah, and then we saw that they had actually, they had incorrect figures in a press release. They had, instead of saying... 3,000 and something, they said there's over 6,000 asylum mm. seekers came in during this period. And the, the funny thing is, I know, Tony, sorry, I'm going to go on this rant. But, oh, but go, like, you, you've been waiting for this, go. But like they never, after we reported on the fact that these figures were inaccurate, they never changed the press release on the government's website. I've been on to the Department of Taoiseach, Department of Justice. Nobody says to me, can explain to me why they are so unwilling to change these when they have admitted to us that, yes, it was incorrect, you know. I just don't understand that, like, are they never going to going to change this? And, and, and Shmimi, you have brought that up with me off, offline, and I think it's terrible. I think it's, it's, it's part of a piece that we've seen, and Harry, you touched on it when you talked about the growing kind of people being more comfortable to to play to these culture wars and it, it actually can suit a political narrative even if these things hang out there for a little while they can, it can do more damage um and might suit people they may think it suits them in the short term politically it won't do in the long term harry as you quite rightly point out it, it, these things always come home to roost but nonetheless i i and i'm sick of saying this shamim and you'll know i've said it several times it used to be the case that the monthly homeless stats came out and you found out how many adults there were, how many children there were, and what regions they were in. Now it's how many adults they are and how many of them are non-EU nationals. And then you go down to page seven and it tells you how many kids there are. And that's deliberate. All of those, like, there, I don't know, I haven't seen all the junior ministers appointed this this today as, as we're recording, um, but I, I don't know if they've appointed a junior minister dog whistles, but maybe, maybe they will have to in the near future because that's where this seems to be going. Shalom, back to you. Go on, finish that off. I wanted to hear what you were saying. Um, I kind of did say, I suppose, that, yeah, I'm hoping the media kind of... Um, 
becomes more um, responsible in reporting the immigration beat and uses more reporters of colour and just tries to be, um, I suppose it's just a mindset of thinking what kind of impact is reporting is going to have on minority groups, people who are vulnerable, uh, and then just you can easily use thoughtful language or um, go go beyond what the government press release tells you. And I'm hoping, it, like I personally, after this happened, I've become very skeptical of government press releases, even more than I was. And I'm really hoping that the Department of Justice as well kind of checks these figures, you know, before put, putting them on on a press release and sends them on to the newspapers. Because as I said to the Department of Taoiseach, um, the Irish Times still has the incorrect records. The Irish Independent has still has the incorrect uh, figures up on their website because the government hasn't changed it, you know. Yeah. And obviously, they have a much more wider reach than Dublin Inquirer would have. So people would still read that and believe it, you know. It is important, too. I mean, it is awful that there isn't a way to correct erroneous information that the government is putting out. It is Martin, awful. Martin, do you remember the fight I had a few years ago with John Kilrain of RT when he said mm-hmm. Re- rebuilding Ireland rebuilding Ireland has exceeded its targets in each quarter that it was going? And I went back and I went through the entire complaints procedure with RTE. And they, and they said because the government's press briefing said that they were a- a- achieving their targets, that I was wrong. Even though factually the government came out and said actually rebuilding Ireland has failed and we haven't got there, um, and it must have been well, eighteen, I, I, I 18 suppose, months of of nonsense, Martin. Eighteen. I, months. I suppose that kicks me into. Uh, there's one other thing I hope for this year, and there's one other thing I do. Oh, and here it comes! Here it comes. That Sipo is replaced with something that actually holds people accountable for what they do wrong. And that it stops making excuses and it stops being biased. And I'll say it outright because I know Sippo needs to stop being so corrupt. Sippo needs to stop being Sippo. It needs to go. There is no fixing it. You can't fix what's so badly broken. You need to bring in something that that achieves real accountability, that doesn't look for ways out of achieving accountability, that looks ways for opting into achieving accountability. And that's not Sippo, and it's never, ever, ever going to be Sippo. We know politics going back thousands of years. We say it, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Therefore, we always need some overwatch, some body that can hold them accountable. And we don't have it. We've nothing that works, nothing at all on any front, on housing, on racism, on um, migrants, on refugees. We've nothing that we can hold government to account with, nothing. Nothing we do. At all. We, we, we have we still have rep- representational democracy. We can vote them out in the in the in the media. We term. could if you had an election before they appointed bloody T sheet. Well, the, the, the difference. Know. No, but the difference is, I think, is is the real issue is. Uh, so if you went into a workplace and you carried on the way certain people have carried on, you might get in trouble and you might not be able to go back to that workplace. Whereas when you can turn around and say, well, actually, at the time I was a shock, so just by thinking about it, using the Donald Trump line, what I did was actually okay. And that goes back to Nixon. Nixon tried the same thing. Yeah, crap, Nixon did the know? same thing. But um, but look. So, yeah, I would like to see for the future, I'd like, and I think it's an imperative for this country that we have something that replaces SIPO that actually works and not a toothless <laughs> yapping dog. Well, they weren't toothless. They just ignored you. And they, yeah, they, well, they, they just, just have ignored quite a lot of stuff. Tom. Um, we need to we need to quickly get get uh, Sam. What are you hoping for other than um, the uh, the the you know obviously 
a new border down across the seeing and then all of us um told we, you can't talk to us anymore and all of this what what what, um, what what do we say first of all about the government figures that Shanim's talking about there if you tell a lie often enough you know it's believed that's why the figures won't come down off the website yeah yeah that, that's that's the only reason i think what i'm what i would probably like to see for for 2023 is a bit of hope just hope I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask for lottery numbers or anything else. I would just like to see some, some glimmer. The things are getting better. Where the bloody hell are you hiding it, Sam? Oh God, if I knew that, I'd get it out. It's just, it's horrendous, and I just, I would like to see people enter the new year. And it, Martin's talking about the health service in, in, in the south last in the February. Yeah, I'll take to the end of the month at the minute the way things are going. Um, it, it's the country that's on its knees now. Call me a, a conspiracy theorist, but I think the Tories have run down the NHS so they can sell it off. I mean, it's if, it, if they break it enough, they can get rid of it, uh, and it will be really in depths. But yeah, it's, I, th- I think we've got so many people out in strike at the minute from so many industrial backgrounds. It, it's just a broken society, and I would just like to see people have a better hope. It is funny, isn't it? It it feels more like I I don't know. If I'm probably the only one. You you and me, Sam, remember the the eighties and the despair of the eighties. Mm-hmm. One year rolling into another, no better than the one that went before. And then we had a whole period, the Celtic Tiger, where people were actually looking forward to the next year. I think we're back in that kind of eighty cycles. Even though Tony has said, you know, the economy, all these headline figures are doing really well, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like the eighties. I mean, we, we joke about Brexit was taking us back to the 60s and 70s before the EU came along. We're there. You know, it's we're, we're that stage of the winter of discontent again. I really I really don't know what else to say for 2023 other than the fact that we all get through it in one piece. That's about it. I think this is the most pessimistic outlook. Um, I like to think... Oh, no, well, there, there is a war going on, Tony. When you think about it, when you think of the stuff that's ticking away in the background, there's a war where we could all be nuked. There is still active virus flying around the world at a phenomenal rate. The economy, whilst it looks good, we still have loads of people on, on hospital waiting lists. We still have loads of people who are homeless. I don't know. Is it pessimistic? I think it's actually very realistic to look at next year and say, if we has, have as much change next year as we did this year, then we're going to be in a worse position. I, I'm going to, and again, maybe it's a bit down to politics, and I, I wouldn't mind getting Harry and Emma maybe to comment, but I think the fear of losing power is a motivational factor when it comes to politicians. And I do think you may see, I mean, we we may see actually them throw all of that money that they have that they haven't thrown at, at certain issues martin for the first time they may actually go there uh to the point where they're saying because they, oh well we, we we had a little discussion about this too yeah pascal's out of finance you know and it's Fianna fall have their their hands on the first strings again you never know what happens when Fianna fall have their hands on the first Wait, strings. what was it uh, harry Mc, uh, harry mccreevy <laughs> That's a good sorry, Charlie. Uh, but it was when I have it, I spend it, wasn't that? Yeah, wasn't yeah, that yeah when you have it, spend it. And that um, was Charlie. And we've lived off that policy for 30 can, years. Can now. we can we just get just a couple of little things before we wrap? And I'm conscious, lads, we've we've kept you a long old time, but I just really just just before we, we go, in terms of some of the, the challenges, it all sounds the way Martin outlines it, it all sounds kind of intractable. I don't believe that that's the case. I don't believe that that's the case. And if I did, I'd give up. I'd throw it all. I'd throw it all in, and I'd become a proper nihilist and not just a, a an armchair nihilist. Um, but 
the, the, the like Emma, you're going out now and you're writing all these pieces, you're putting all this thing out into the world. She mean you're on your beat. Can I ask Emma, first of all, if you don't mind, like, do you think that there are like there are these things, these things aren't intractable? And in fact, actually, the solutions that we've all that we know are out there. They're only just kind of lacking implementation, or am I just being? Am I just an idealist? No, not at all. You're speaking to an optimist, so still optimistic despite the politics of Northern Ireland. Let's see how long it lasts. But um, no, I think there's hope, and uh, there's always been hope in Northern Ireland. It's something we've always had, despite everything, really. Um, and when it comes to what you were saying there around politics, you know, these next two years are going to be pretty interesting to watch in terms of what happens in Dublin. I would expect that uh, Leo will try to move on some things because they will be very worried about Sinn Féin in the next election and the polls. So I would expect movement on on some key areas. I actually would be interested to watch and see if they might move on creating not an all island citizens assembly, but something, you know, like maybe a civic forum, a new Ireland forum or something like that uh, to try and get ahead of Sinn Féin. And I'll be watching very closely to see if they bring forward the referendum on presidential voting rights, which is meant to be in the lifetime of this government. I just filed a piece on this. Um, and, you know, if that does happen, it will be the third significant referendum under a uh, Taoiseach over the last 10 years. So I think that'll be one to watch. And just to say on the, you know, is this all intractable or is there hope? Um, I actually will be working on a large scale civic initiative in Northern Ireland next year that is very much focused on energizing minds and people across Northern Ireland towards the peace process and working to overcome some of the barriers around equality of opportunity. And having had conversations about that over the last few months, I'm enormously excited and there is incredible hope there. And I think that uh, next year we might see movement. I think that's great. And I think it's nice to talk about hope. And I think it's great that you did talk about hope. And just one last question I'm going to ask everybody before we wrap. We're going to wrap right after this. Tony, will Vradkar still be Taoiseach this time next Hang year? Hang on. Can Harry wants to come in there. Sorry, Harry, come in. Yeah, just one thing before we get off, off the hub stuff, because I, I think this is oh, when Tony earlier said, I want to offer a counterpoint to something Tony said earlier. Um, when Tony, when you said, you know, it's easier to imagine the end of the yeah. world than capitalism. I think there's another quote that again goes around people know it um but you know we live in capitalism its power seems inescapable but so did the divine right of kings and uh, any human power can be resisted and changed by human beings so as much as it seems like yeah things are bad and we're not going to pretend that they aren't ultimately as humans we do have that capacity to change and make things better and we have done it in the past and i have full faith that people will be able to do it again I, can I can I just say this is what I said when he called you sensible earlier, and you said and you said you didn't like that, but there you go again, making being <laughs> sensible, Harry. I'm glad we need a sensible friend. I always need a sensible friend. I'm, oh, the, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the friend that needs a sensible friend. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I'm the hot-headed one, and people think it's the other way around. <laughs> one last mad. question before we go, and I want to just Hurry yes, up. yes, no from everybody. Will Faradka be Taoiseach this time next year, Tony? Yes. Harry. Yeah, they will. Emma. Yes. Sam. Does it matter? Yeah. Okay, yes, then. Shamim. Yes. Would be. You're all wrong. And that's where we're going <laughs> to that's where we're going to end this hopeful podcast. And I'd like to thank our guests. I'd like to thank Shamim. I'd like to thank Sam, Emma and Harry. And I'd like to thank you for being there 
all year and you have been there all year and a very big thank you from me and Tony for being available for being the people that you are and for being the super special people you need to be to be on the tortoise shack thank oh God. you <laughs> right. listen uh, no thank you so much and listen folks we will be back obviously we're, we're trying to take a few days off which basically means Martin will go back to bed and I will do a lot of editing and putting stuff together but nonetheless uh, there's plenty to go and uh, if any Anybody needs any? Is it lyric or Martin? I, I, I don't know what it is, but I took it just there about five minutes ago, so I'll be in seventh heaven very shortly. Yeah, listen, folks, really appreciate it. Thanks for everything. It has been a very trying year, and trust me, I can I can talk from a personal perspective and from the the the. the situation for so many people who we've spoken with and that we've we've learned from. But it's also, I think there is hope. And to, to, to echo what Emma said, Emma said, we are optimists here, I do think, at the end of the day. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all you do. And we will talk to you all in 2023. Take care. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all those that listen to the Tortoise Shack. And uh, my hope for the new year is that having a house won't be considered a radical revolutionary concept and just something that's considered normal. Not too much to ask. Hello, this is Shamim Malekmi and happy Christmas to all the listeners of Tortoise Shack. Thank you so much uh, if you tuned in to hear about Dublin Inquirer coverage of immigration and housing throughout the year. And if you're a Dublin Inquirer subscriber, I really appreciate the support. Uh, thanks to Tony and Martin for having me on the show and plugging Dublin Inquirer throughout the year and for amplifying our stories. Enjoy your Christmas, guys. All the best. Tony, a Merry Christmas to you and to all at the Tortoise Shack, even to Martin, little Grinch that he can be at times, sending you best wishes from uh, wherever I happen to be in the world at the moment. I'm meeting myself coming back. And uh, if we forget Christmas and that, I have two New Year's resolutions, Tony. I'm going to keep telling people to support the Tortoise Shack. And I'm going to try to concentrate a little bit more on compassion, on meeting people where they are and try to tell those stories and seeing if there's some way that, that we can get human beings to meet in these things to solve the problems that we're all facing because we only have one life and the best way to make the most of it is to do so together. I love you, brother. I love you what you do with the Tortoise Shack. I love all the listeners who support you and everybody who listens to you. I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the new year. Have a good one. This is Professor Colin Harvey, the director of the Human Rights Centre at Queen's University, Belfast, and also one of the occasional Northern voices on the podcast series. This is a message for the leader of Lefty Twitter and all his followers. I can confirm exclusively today that in the event of Irish reunification, the leader of Lefty Twitter will be installed as the interim president, President Tony Groves, with the Echo Chamber podcast series, the official podcast of the New Republic. Those arrangements will remain in place until until stability is restored throughout uh, the country and until uh, free and fair elections take place. I wish you all a very, very happy and wonderful Christmas and all the very best for 2023.
I'm not a Christmassy type of guy. I, uh, the only sign of it is that my youngest son, just to take the bad look off things, got me this tiny Christmas tree, plastic, it's about that big. And it sits forlornly on the mantelpiece with about three lights on it. Small, like Father Ted's Golden Cleric Award. George Bernard Shaw said the, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. You, Tony, my friend, are an unreasonable man and you're playing a blinder. You have my respect and my admiration. As for Christmas, happy fucking Christmas, Tony. Ho, 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 fucking old.